0: Well, it's good to be with you all again this week. Today in our um, identity series, we're going to be looking and thinking about the word known using Psalm 139. And I'm going to be honest, I've been a bit... uh, nervous about preaching on this topic because to me it's so weighty but it also is a, a psalm that gets thrown around a lot. There's words in it and I'll come to it in a moment that just get chucked around and I don't think people ever really talk about what it is, what's the seriousness of what they mean. So I'm going to begin today by asking you all a question and my question is are you an expert in anything. What do you know a lot about? There's something that we all know quite a lot about. But I had to initially think quite hard about this. What do I know a lot about? There's the obvious things. But then I thought, hang on, I know a lot about shoes. Uh, once upon a time, I worked in a shoe shop called Shoe. Other shoe shops are available. I worked in Mary Hill and I sold a lot of shoes. I had to learn about the shoes I was selling to get people to buy the shoes so that you earned favour with your manager, so you got more hours, so therefore I got more money to spend on shoes. And to be honest, I'm probably not proud in how I persuaded little 80 year old 80-year-old ladies to buy five pairs of sketches, but there we go. That's what you did, and that's how I earned my money as a student. For Harry, for my husband, his useless knowledge is uh, things he's learned from podcasts. I will every time I, walk, I know he's in the house because he's listening to a podcast. And it's normally about something that's only going to be beneficial in a pub quiz. But did you know you can go to university to learn about Batman? Yes, you can go to a university in Canada, the University of Victoria, to learn about Batman. The course will examine how the human body can be adapted and improved based on the metaphor of the caped crusader himself. You can know a lot about stuff. And this is probably to gain knowledge. It's all of, of things that will help you when you're learning. So it's for knowledge, for interest, for relationship, or for money. Most likely you learn about stuff for money, to get a job. So what are you an expert in? Now I ask you this question today because we're thinking about God's expertise and God's knowledge. And we're going to delve into what God knows. And what does God know? Well, he knows you. He is an expert in you. You are known to him. So today, as we explore today's topic of known in our identity series, we'll look at Psalm 139. And I said before that I was nervous about preaching on this because it holds a lot of weight. And that's really because Psalm 139, for me, There's a a verse in it, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that just gets chucked around. It gets put on a fridge magnet, in a card, on on a top of a a women's toilet, perhaps. It just gets put around with no meaning or context to it. But this psalm is so incredibly powerful. It's more than just this one line that might be good for a women's or girls' ministry. It tells us what God knows, who he is, and what he is doing in our world. It tells us all sorts of wonderful and incredible things about God. But all of these concepts about God are focused on the core idea that God pursues you. God knows you and wants a relationship with you. And I think that is pretty damn awesome. So why don't we get our Bibles out? Let's put, uh, open up Psalm 139. It'll probably be somewhere in the middle of your Bibles. I'll just give you a moment to find that. So Psalm 139. For the director of music of David. It says, You have searched me, Lord. You know me. and the light become night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you, the night will shine like the day, for the darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in the book before I came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God! How vast is the sum of them! Where I count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I wake, I will still with you. If only you, God, would slay the wicked away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent, you adversaries misuse your name. Do not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you. I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Those are remarkable words. They're a lot more than just a verse and a card, aren't they? They are powerful and thought-provoking. There is so much more to them. And these words, they are, they're written, I'm just going to give you a bit of context They're written a very, very long time ago by David. You may know that name because it's King David, that, very, that character we hear a lot about in the Old Testament. And this, this psalm, it tells us every single aspect about who God is. His character, his behavior, his speech. And in doing so, it shows us about what God knows. And what God knows, well, that is us. God knows you. And each of these words in this psalm, it conveys every different layer of God's knowledge of you. He doesn't just know the surface of you that other people see. He doesn't just know that bit of your heart that that your close and loved ones see, or that bit deeper of that stuff that you know about yourself. He knows so much more than that. He knows you better than you know yourself. And you may think that that's a bit weird, but it's also really awesome. Picture God a bit like a detective, tracking even our most mundane activities, studying us even when we think we're alone. He decides sex our inner world into parts, discerning, and and he knows what makes us tick. He knows what makes us laugh, what makes us cry. He has penetrated past the best foot forward. He has a grasp on each one of us, programming every single thing bit of our lives precisely. And he will even know what we're going to do next. I'm going to do next month. And he knows those things on your heart when you're thinking, well, I'm doing it for this reason. But he really knows that you're doing it for the other reason. In fact, I had a RE teacher uh, called Mr. Watts, and he used to tell us that even God knew when you're on the loo. That when you are 15, 13, it's quite hilarious, but gets the point home about how much God knows about you. God knows our fears, our heart, our thoughts, our motives, and our dreams. And he knows all these things, but he also knows what's going on around you. He knows why you cry those tears of despair, why you jump with happiness, but why you are desperately longing for that loved one, perhaps. And all of these things that he knows about you, I said it feels weird. It may feel really weird and uncomfortable that this person that you've never seen perhaps, but knows all this stuff about you. And even David found that weird. He writes about it in this psalm that he doesn't really like the fact that God knows all this stuff about him. It says, um, In verse 6, I just can't deal with this. It's too overwhelming. It's out of my reach. David's first instinct is the same as ours. How can I escape? Where can I hide? Where can I go? I'll go to this dark place over here. But no, I'm going to go here as well. I'll go and hide. But God still knows where you are. He knows when you've gone to cheat on your spouse. He knows where you've gone off to lie about something. He knows those bad thoughts you've had about another person. And David asks, where can I go to escape your spirit? Where can I go to flee from your presence? Where can I go? And I read those words in a a panic. I don't read them that he's going, where can I go? I don't know where to go. I want to get away. He's going, where can I go? I want to get away from you. That is what he's saying. It's his, his, if you're if you a musician, you'll know that words, or a writer, words mean passion. They mean narrative. They have emphasis. These words have power and narrative and emphasis. You here today may be one of those people that wants to hide from God. But God didn't let David run and hide, and God's not going to let you run and hide. I'm sorry to say that. You could run to the most secret hiding place that you can think of. But he'll still know where you've gone. He'll know that you've gone there before you've even thought about getting in your car, before you've even got on that train. But to me, knowing this, this is security for me i suppose most of the time i don't really know what i'm doing and it's a bit of a whim being a vicar you don't you don't know what you're going to approach each day with and i am so incredibly thankful that i have god by my side i don't know when that person's going to ring me up and say there's horrible things has happened or when i'm going to have a day where i don't really know how i'm going to get through it but it's okay because i have great security in the fact that Jesus does. And all of this fills me with security as well, because I know that someone cares about me. There's been times in my life where I felt like no one's cared. When that's probably quite stupid, and I have wonderful, incredible parents and an incredible family, but you might know this, that when you, you've had that moment where you felt utterly lost and unlovable or um, unwanted, you may have all had those thoughts. And you can probably hear in my voice I'm getting a bit emotional now because it's something so close to my heart for you to know that you are wanted and you are loved and you are deeply, deeply, deeply cared for by God. That to God, nobody is a nobody because He made you. He cares for you. He knows you. And He knows all this and He cares about you so much because He made you. He knitted you together in your mother's womb, He knew you before you were even a twinkle in the eye of your parents. He knew you before your parents even knew they wanted to have you, maybe, or before your parents even existed. God knew you and he has and has a plan for you. And when God made you, he threw away the moulds. Have you seen those little pictures of like when God made me, he had a little acid, extra bit of glitter and an extra bit of this? I laugh at those, but they're true, because God made us all to be unique. He did add in a little bit of extra musical talent, perhaps for one person, a bit less for me, maybe. He did add in a little bit of something and something else for another person. He fashioned you all uniquely. God doesn't make any junk. He just makes wonderful things. But I think our world has also done a really rubbish job of teaching us this. I want you to all close your eyes for a moment. I want you to put your hand up if you've looked in the mirror and not liked what you've seen at least once in your life. Okay, you can put your hands down. We live in a world that yes, it teaches us that we are unique, that there is, uh, that we are, we are special. There's all, if you go on a web clothing website, i will probably say to you, you are wonderful, don't listen to somebody else. You are, um, there's nobody like you, be unique. But then it'll say, buy this thing. Have this perfume. Or you need this jacket, because that'll make you popular. Wear this piece of makeup. And, of course, you'll find your ideal person by wearing it. And these are just images. But these are what the images in our magazines and our our social media are telling us. That when we see a picture of a woman in a really nice jacket with loads of men round her, what does that tell us? It tells us that we need that to be that. It makes us not like us just as we are, as the way God has made us. And this is something that's so close to my heart, I chose to write 15,000 words about it. Because we, just, we forget so often because we listen to the plastic narratives of our society that tell us we need to be something else. To not be who God made us to be. It tells us to not listen to anybody else. But that tells us then, well, should we not love them then? God made us to love others, to care for others. God made us because he loves us. He didn't make us because he had to, he needed us. He did it out of unconditional love for us. And when we look in the mirror, instead of thinking about what the world teaches us, instead what we need to look at and think, Oh, this incredible artisan artist made us. This artist made us. Not just any artist, an artisan artist. And to me, that's like the best kind of bread, the artisan bread. So we're the the best kind. You know, even artisan bakers can even make good gluten-free bread. There is no one in history like you. He gave you personalities, innate abilities, spiritual gifts, and a particular purpose to set you apart for him. You are a treasured creation made in his likeness. And he gave you all these things to use to love others and to spread the gospel. God knows you, he wants you, he made you, he will pursue you. David also says in his script, in this psalm, that for your life was already written by God. That the Lord has carefully mapped out the details that will fulfill your days, ordaining what will and will not happen. But God, when he sets a plan, when he he knows what we're going to do, he doesn't just leave us to it to get on with it. He walks with us, he thinks about us constantly, he greets us each morning, he is with us through the day, he loves our company, and he has specific plans for you and for you alone, and he won't just set you on them, he won't just like, set you off on the plan and leave you alone, no, he walks with you and stays with you. After all, he's an expert on you. He wants the best for you. So as I I come into land now, what I want you to really take away, if you've not listened to anything else that I've just said, is that you can be an expert in anything. God could have been an expert in anything. He could have created anything. But God chose us. He chose all of us. He chose you. Because he wants a relationship with you. He doesn't have to do it. He doesn't gain anything from it. That's what comes from being God. He does it out of unconditional love. For us, you may feel beaten, kicked around, you may feel unwe- unworthy of this, but you matter to God. A hundred pounds has the same value whether it's two crisp 50 pound notes or crumpled up, chained, and lots of five pound notes and loads of pennies that you've scrambled around off the streets. They have the same value. You have the same value however you are presented to God. So don't let what any other humans say define you. Don't draw conclusions about yourself based on them. Look higher. You matter so much to God. That he sent his one and only son to die on the cross so that you could have life eternal in heaven. And I can't think of any better reason to worship God than that. I just want to lead us in a moment um, in a quiet time of prayer. I want to invite you to be still some of you may be thinking, how do I hear this voice that's going to guide me? How do I follow this new path? Well, we're going to be quiet. And when we're quiet, that is often when we hear the still, small voice of God. Sometimes we hear it in the noisy places, but I hear it in the quiet, small voice, in the quiet places. And I'm going to read a prayer. And if you would like to answer that prayer with Amen, then please do. Father, I am glad that I am your child. Take my hands. Let's run this race together. Amen.